Listening to the quarter to three games podcast for sometime in late August. All I really know is it's after the release of Guild Wars 2. Uh, my name is Tom Chick. My game of the week? It's not Secret World. <laughs> I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week is not anything on the uh, on live console I have. And I'm Chris Hornbostel, and my game of the week is not Star Void. How about mm-hmm. Void Star? How would you feel if they changed the name around of that? Do you yeah, even know what so, that is, Chris? Uh, you know what? I've seen it advertised, and I saw you, and honestly, I did think like it was Star Void and not Star Void. It's like a Star Void. Like, it's something that really yeah, eats like, food. You, you feed. <laughs> yeah. It's a bad name. Yeah. So, uh, I've seen worse, though. Uh, yeah. yeah, but, you know, that's what, what are you going to do with the they new They should have capped the V. That's all. That would make it better. It would make more sense than Starboid! Flavor Adventure. Normally, we could use that as our news of the week, but we're not going to do news of the week this week because I I believe we're all a little preoccupied with one. (laughs) So rather than uh, all three of us picking the same game of the week, uh, we are instead going to mix up the format. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you what game this is in a second. I don't want to spoil it just yet. We're going to talk about this one game, and we're all going to say something that we love about the game, something that we don't love about the game, and we're going to sort of sum up the appeal of the game, what makes it special, why we really like this game, with an anecdote. So each one of those, each one of us is going to do those things for, get ready, you'd never guess, Madden NFL 13. Finally, yes. we get to talk. Yes, finally. Cats, cats out of the bag. Uh, or Guild Wars 2, we, we could pick. But, you know, we Either probably way. should do Guild Wars 2 just because, uh, I don't know. I, I already no, beat Madden last week. so I was going to say, Go it's on. your draft pick in our online league. Um, oh, good lord. A lot lord. of people don't know that, but Tom wins uh, the super secret quarter to three online league every year in Madden. And I'm going to pick Joe Heisman. I don't... <laughs> you know... I would purchase a copy of Madden to get in an online league with Tom, because that would be the funniest thing on earth. Other than it would it would last like two games. <laughs> because I would have such because I'm such a like accomplished gamer that I would know it well enough that I could win in two games. I think it would probably just be more like it goes the way of our Summoner Wars game. <laughs> I, I lose interest and wander off. Yes. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I won that one according to the timeout policies of Summon Wars. So two to one, chick. <laughs> I think, McMaster, if you consult like umpires, they will tell you that a forfeit is not the same thing as a victory it or is. a loss. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but there are no forfeits in Guild Wars 2, uh, so let's mm-hmm. talk Guild Wars 2. So uh, we've all been playing it. It officially launched uh, Tuesday of this week, uh, but I think we've been playing it. It had the early launch last uh, over the weekend. So we've all been playing it basically about four or five days at this point. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll, we're all very enthusiastic about it, right? Like, like I don't know about yeah, you yeah. guys, but just to say real quickly, 
I, I kind of had a hard time coming up with like something I didn't love about the game. So let, let's Me start too. with that. Okay, good. Because that, <laughs> like, I was thinking, you know, uh, voice acting. Or actually, I don't want to scoop anyone, but I, I could pick out little well, things uh, that, that didn't yeah. really matter. Uh, but to sub- think of anything substantial that I didn't like, well, it was fairly difficult. Um, so let's see what we came up with for the things that we don't like. Uh, so, McMaster, why don't you lead us off? I hope I didn't scoop you, by the way. By oh, no, 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 no. Okay. no. Uh, there are only two things that I don't like, and they're kind of related. Mm-hmm. Um, in the standard game, I don't like that there isn't the run speed boost kind of mount thing going on, because mm-hmm. you do kind of move slowly. But in PvP, I hate that the checkpoints, there's only one per like continent basically that you control well no that's not well those can be upgraded uh can they? yes so if you i, I actually chris you probably know this better than me but i believe I, I seem to recall from the beta that one of the upgrades when you seize a keep or a, a tower or whatever when you seize a defensive point one of the upgrades is a spawn point chris do you know if i'm wrong about that uh that sounds accurate i I know I remember seeing that in one of the beta weekends. I'm not sure whether it's still in the game, but it sounds like something that would be in there. Yeah. So, so McMaster, that, mm-hmm. that is by design part of the strategic give and take, I think. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. So, but that's, that's all part of, I guess, the whole movement thing. Like, I understand that they have the diamond, like, little checkpoints you can fly to at any point. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, some uh, the uh, I don't know. It just kind of feels slow. Like, and it's most noticeable in the uh, PvP. I think it kind of makes you like you, you when you normally play an MMO. You think, okay, I'm level one, two, three. You know, in those early levels, yeah. you know you're going to be going faster or later. You're going to get a mount. Right. That that getting right. around is going to be simpler as you level up. That that's part of the leveling up process. It, it feels like Guild Wars really isn't. That's not really something they're offering. Now, you can get little speed buff tricks. Um, but for the most part, it's not like like Secret World, which we've just been playing. You know, there there are very clearly financial right. thresholds to at which point you you're going to sink your money into just boosting your run speed. Uh, right. You kind of have that to look forward to, and that's not part of Secret World. Uh, no, yeah, that's uh, yeah, it's kind of it, it just struck me as kind of odd. Uh, but I mean, I understand you you have the different checkpoints you can just kind of zoom around to. I mean, that, and that makes sense. But yeah, just uh, I remember the first night I tried PvP, uh, it was like grueling. Just you know, you run for five minutes, someone shoots you to death, and um, you run for another five minutes, someone shoots you to death. You know, just kind of. It's uh, the the that world PvP definitely plays different than differently than. I think what a lot of people expect or, or want, uh, you know, that whole idea of like when you get killed, if somebody doesn't res you, you're it's probably going to be a while before you get back into the action. That could be a, a big obstacle early on when you jump in. Now, did either of you guys play Dark Age of Camelot? I was about to say that's exactly what I was going to say because it, it reminds me so much of Dark Age of Camelot. Now, if you remember in Dark Age of Camelot, especially when it first came out, when everybody had to go stand on the circular pad and wait for like every like if you died in combat and had to go back to the first keep you didn't get right back into combat you had to go stand on this like launching pad to teleport and wait for right, like, right. 10 minutes to get back in and well, I kind planet of think, side would do that as well yeah. I kind of think maybe that that's part of the mechanic with the also with the lack of 
you know, waypoints. And, you know, it's something that you can upgrade, at least as far as we know. I mean, from a game design standpoint, I understand it. It just feels, uh, I don't know, sure. there's just something that kind of lags about it. Uh, that's like the only thing that, and, they, and you know, like I said, it's really hard for me to pick out things I don't like about the game. I mean, there are some piddly things, but like nothing that most other games aren't just as guilty of. So it's kind of, you know. Okay. All right, Chris, what did you come up with? What's something that you do not love about Guild Wars 2? Okay, well, I hope somebody else is going to do the voice acting, um, so I won't. Uh, well, now, you mentioned that real quick, but I, cause I don't love it, but, but more than care. not loving oh. it. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't uh. care less about it. I mean, but, but I, that I kind would of, say that the Norns don't – it's not as bad in the Norn area, I guess. Now, I did play oh, – I've gone around Norn. to the – I don't hate them as much as I hate some of the human voices. Where uh, have you guys seen Amazon Women on the Moon? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, you know the uh, the part where uh, oh, this is a really bizarre thing to bring up, but you know the part the part where um, Ed Bagley Jr. thinks he's the Invisible Man, but he's just crazy and he's naked running around. At one point, he runs into this bar and he's moving all these chess pieces around, and somebody goes, "Oh no, it must be a ghost or something." It's like it's the the driest, flattest, like deadest reading stuff. There's so many of those out there, you know. Oh no, a wolf. Yeah, I just really don't understand that, but but I don't really care that much in a way because I just want to stab stuff. Well, as I, I was going to mention though, that I think that's part and parcel though the fact that. Uh, I think it's a facet of a larger disappointing thing about Guild Wars 2. And it's not the thing that bothers me, because I don't really need this in an MMO. But they're not a very lore or story-driven MMO. You know, the, I, I'm not that... It, it's kind of a generic fantasy world, and even though I respect that they're doing some kind of different things with their races, uh, that's not really its strong point. Uh, so... In as much as I don't really care about the characters and I don't really care about the lore of the world, I don't really care to listen to the voice acting, and I don't mind that it sounds as, as rote as it does. Oh. And I, I will say, though, that some of the uh, ambient conversations are pretty spirited, and that stuff yeah. I've, I've enjoyed and, and, and I've appreciated some, some sort of lively really? voice acting there. Yeah, like there's a okay. – there's a if you're in um, Lion's Arch, I've spent a fair bit of time loitering around the Mystic Forge where you can chuck in four right. things. And uh, they make a new thing, which is usually sometimes better, sometimes the same, sometimes worse. It's a it's it's form of gambling, like Diablo used to have, uh, like a Herodric cube. It's that kind of thing. So I've been spending a fair amount of time there, running back and forth to the bank to pull things out and throw them in and see what happens. And there's a little tiny. Uh, what are the freaky goblin kid races? Those what are those? Asura. Asura. The Asura. Yeah. There's there's an Asura child who does a regular route from one of the guards. She ends up like running into the bank, and she's just saying adorable little comments. Like she accuses one of the char guards of having a squished up face, uh, and then he says, "No, you have a squished up face." And they just do this little banter, and she talks to she's friends with someone in the bank. I don't I don't know who she's talking to because I'm looking at my inventory, um, but little things like that I, I really have enjoyed. There's a couple of script script or like gophers or walking rats. Right. Or whatever, uh, and they have. There's a script couple that is hanging out near one of the canals in Lion's Arch, and they're talking about wanting to move and where they're going to live. And uh, so there are little touches like that that I've really enjoyed. But the cutscenes, though, I just I 
couldn't care less about and I can't get through them fast enough. Well, um, one thing about the lore you mentioned is that it was funny. I was talking about this today is that the, the game's map and all, everything from it is literally from Guild Wars 1. Um, so I'll, it's almost like Guild Wars 1 is the lore for Guild Wars 2. Right. Well, that's that's the yeah yeah. I mean, that's what they've been working on it long enough. And I imagine people who were really invested in the single player in Guild Wars, they might appreciate some of that stuff more than I. Right. Do. Right. They have like Guild Wars comic books and even like regular uh, game tie-in books as well. Right. So obviously they're building that that they're basing it on that kind of lore. They they've got something sunk in there. And well, this I is. Think the- Cool. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and this is where I would point out that, that there's even a book for uh, Elemental. <laughs> oh well. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, no, I. But the, one of the coolest things I think about Kill War Two is, uh, is that you can play as a Char in the first right. place, since they are the bad guys in the original Guild Wars. Right. And the Char starting area is the original Guild War starting area. Right. Uh, we'll save that for stuff you love. Uh, okay. So, so, okay, so yeah, we cut you off. So, where, what's something you do not love about? Uh, okay, this one is not going to be a secret because I posted about it in the quarter to three forums. But here's what I don't like: underwater combat. I just oh, yeah. don't. It doesn't. It. I've never seen this work really well in an MMO, and it's time to just stop. <laughs> uh, here's what I don't like: the Z-axis. Apparently, not only does it cause me problems as a player, I think it causes pathing problems for monsters that you're fighting because I've had at least a couple of occasions where I've been right next to a monster and I'll be hitting him and doing damage and all of a sudden it will pop up that he's evading or that he's invulnerable because of a pathing issue even though I'm right next to him. Um, so that's part of it. The other thing that I don't like is that when you're underwater, it's very tough to get the spatial relationships right that we're used to seeing in overland combat. If I see a tree in the distance, I know kind of how far it is, and I can gauge how close and how far I am and knowing whether or not I'm in range to open up combat with a monster. It's tough to do that underwater, and that kind of bothers me and it's tough to do uh and another thing that really drives me crazy is that i don't know if you guys have this but on my warrior the harpoon and the spear gun look exactly alike they're two different weapon sets but the the icons almost look exactly alike you know the the skills and I'm underwater so rarely that I can never remember whether I'm on my harpoon, which is a melee weapon, or if I'm on my spear gun, which is a ranged weapon. And, yeah, I I just – it doesn't do it for me. I'm not a fan of the underwater stuff. As an engineer who does not get two weapons, I do not have problems distinguishing between harpoons and spear guns because I only get a spear gun. So, (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. Uh, It's awesome. All right, so uh, the thing that I do not love about the game, uh, and, and this is kind of a reach, because uh, I actually do love the underwater stuff, and McMaster, I, I really respect, even though it's frustrating, I really respect the speed limitations that we have to put up with in, sure. in different settings. Uh, so uh, I hear that those aren't working for you, but both of those things I actually like a lot about the game. And so that, what I had to come up with is something that uh, I feel a little is a little unfair. 
uh, to complain about, but I'm going to anyway because I, I'm aware of that it's missing. Uh, and that is that for all of the MMO sacred cattle that have been slaughtered by ArenaNet in Guild Wars 2, and they've taken on some big ones. You know, they, they, the Holy Trinity, the, the, the subscription fee, the, the grouping limitations you normally deal with, the way that PvP and PvE are integrated. I mean, they've taken, they've really tackled some difficult issues, and I feel that they've done an amazing job. Uh, one issue that they haven't tackled, which I am conspicuously, which I'm really aware of as I'm playing, partly because I just came from Secret World, is that it's still bound by this server structure. Uh, and people are on different servers. And even though we can sort of chat across servers, like I, I want to be able to group, like, like Secret World did such a good job of letting you group with people and chat with people without getting servers in the way. It didn't matter. For all intents and purposes, Secret World felt a lot like EVE Online, which is just one great big universe where, where everybody's together. And here I'm more aware that there are different servers uh, and that there are people on other servers who uh, can join our guild, but can't chat with us, can't hang out with us. Um, so I'm, I'm just kind of disappointed that it's still beholden to that server structure that is such a staple of, of MMOs. I actually don't think that it's... I think the biggest issue with the server structure isn't that. I, I actually kind of think, for the most part, you can get to other people on other servers. You just can't PvP with other well, people. Well, they'll have, they'll have a guesting feature i believe but that's not in the game right yet. so uh you know uh, hopefully that will address my you know the the that will address this issue uh but until i see it i can't be sure but you're right mcmaster they definitely have something in store to let us play with people from other servers yeah. right it's it's just the world versus world versus world which actually kind of makes sense it, it wouldn't be cool if like you know people were jumping from one server to another to if they're in the same well, group and going back to world v world um, one of the things that the server st structure does do is it creates natural team boundaries right. to take into World v World. You know, otherwise they would have to come up with something in the fact in the fiction of the game to separate everybody into three factions for World v World. And by using servers, they can just use the servers as factions in World v World. Um, which is nice. That, that, that's part of it that I do like. And I think when they built it that way, they were planning on having guesting available at launch, and hopefully it'll be coming along soon to satisfy everybody, everything else. You know, actually, Chris, so I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I actually do really appreciate that about the World v. World in that I feel like Emory Bay, our server, is an entity. You know, we are right. like a sports team, and I also similarly feel that those jerks at Storm Bluff Isle and Dark Haven, Ugh, not, not so much the not so much guys, the, not so much the Dark Haven guys, because who cares? They're 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 like us. They're just whipping boys for Storm Bluff Isle. But I hate those guys, and I love the fact that there's a server that I care enough about to hate. Uh, <laughs> you know, what's funny is that the other day we were winning against them. And uh, then all of a sudden, it was like, we're going to rebalance the servers. And then we came back, and we started getting our asses kicked by them. Well, I'm pretty sure that uh, what was going on there is that they keep different hours. Is that we have some folks who are playing overnight when there aren't a lot of defenders, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't that really the pattern is that you wake up in the morning, you hit the B key when you log on, and, oh, look, Storm Bluff File took everything again. <laughs> Those guys. Those sons of... Yeah. 
Clarice, so let's talk. Oh, go ahead, McCusker. Sorry. I'm actually kind of surprised nobody brought up the overflow cues and how that that whole thing's really bizarre. Like how if you try to group with someone, you'll either end up with them, and then if you're both in an overflow queue and someone goes to the regular world, then the other person doesn't. It's just kind of really weird. That's kind of, uh, I remember dealing with that, and they eventually smoothed it out very well in the original Guild Wars, where you had instances and hubs, and the hubs were all communal, but when you got into an instance, it's like, okay, we're here together, but then, yeah, and then there are different kind of instances of some of the bigger hubs, and, yeah. uh, Yeah, and they put you in these It's a temporary thing. Yeah, me too. I mean, I'm sure it is, because, like, you you got to think, the areas that we're in right now are getting so hammered because they're lower-level areas. In a couple of weeks, uh, it'll be a lot more spread out, um, just right. because, you know, a lot of the power gamers out. are going to hit 80, and uh, et cetera. Um, are you talking about Chris here? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What level, I'm, I'm, what level know, are you guys, by the Chris. way? What level are your characters? Uh, so McMaster, I think, has one. You're up to level eight, I think, now, McMaster, right? Yeah, something. Uh, Twenty, uh, almost twenty-two, I think. <laughs> so oh, I nice. That's I, good. I, and I just hit thirty, uh, so I'm like thirty-one or something. I just got my elite skill, so I'm at thirty. Oh, Chris, you're at like nice. What, yeah, and what are you at forty yet? How are you doing? Uh, I I just hit forty, which okay. means that I had to buy the one gold uh, book, which now has me completely broke, uh, but. I have amazing traits now. And, oh, you oh, yeah. bastard. <laughs> I want some so bad. Those are the kind of traits that you whack people in the face with. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've got – I. it's amazing, dude. Yeah. Well, I'm just going to save that for now. But, yeah. So, well, all right. Yeah. Let, let's oh, talk then about what we love. So uh, we're all there. – there's our kvetching mostly out of the way. A few minor things might come up. But now let's begin the love fest. Uh why don't I start us out? Uh, one of yep. the things, uh, there are many things I love about the, the, the game, but I'll, I'm just, let's each pick one and uh, talk about it and just see where we go. Uh, I think the thing that I appreciate most, uh, I, I've sort of sampled MMOs for a long time, and I've found some that I've variously liked, uh, but every now and then I'll find one that kind of ruins others for me. Uh, one of them was Lord of the Rings Online, where I really liked what they did with the lore. More recently, there was a game called Rift that came out, and I really loved how dynamic the world was in Rift, where uh, you would have armies spawning somewhere and literally marching across the map to go conquer something. Uh, and you would have to stop them, or you could join armies, and uh, it just created... it. it, it it broke this sense of MMOs as games where the ironically called mobs, which I think stands for mobile, isn't that what that even means? Uh, like we call monsters mobs for, for mobile, and they don't even move. They sit there and sort of mill around in an area. Uh, so Rift really created this dynamics, this sense of a dynamic world where things were happening, uh, things were changing. Uh, you know, one the, the world you're playing one moment might be different when you log on next. A city might be conquered. So what I like most about Guild Wars is how it really even improves on what Rift did in terms of creating dynamism in what is normally a static world. I love how many things there are to do. I love how many activities there are that can make minor changes to the map, that can shut down towns. Uh, you know, I love how this feeds into a system of something like public quests that they did with Warhammer Online, where 
people who are just going from one place to another or going about their business sort of dynamically join in and suddenly are all doing the same thing. Uh, and these, there's a variety of activities. That, the form that this takes can, is a variety of activities. Uh, and it all is folded pretty neatly and pretty naturally into the maps. Um, so I, I, I love how instead of static monsters and quests, you know, there aren't even any quests in this game. Everything you do, you know, the tasks that you have to do are almost all based on the map. You know, when I go someplace, here are the things I do at this place. And it's never a matter of, oh, I've got a journal. I've got a list. Like Skyrim had that list of crazy little things you could do, like carry this broomstick to Whiterun. Uh, you, you know, and you're, you're working from yeah. a shopping list. So what I love is that there is no shopping list. There's instead a world full of activity. A lot of it is dynamic, and I just plunge in and find things to do. Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree all right. 100%. So, uh, McMaster, what have you? What, what's pick out something that uh, that you love about Guild Wars? There's a lot of things I love about Guild Wars, so it's kind of hard to pick. But um, I guess the sense of exploration and crafting giving you quite a bit of experience as well, instead of like as an afterthought. Uh, makes it more of a game that you, if you don't want to just fight all the time, hey, you can go wander around and, you know, find places, get experience that way, or you can craft. And crafting gives you a lot of experience, you know. So there are multiple ways to level. Um, and that just really, it really intrigued me when I realized that. Because uh, I'm used to crafting in games, giving you like a little bit of experience, but the actual reward being just what you crafted, but it's both. And uh, and Guild Wars, and it seems like that that uh, you know crafting traditionally feeds into the gear chase. Yes, you know, and and that just feeds into like combat. It, it seems like here the the gear output is like you said, McMaster. That's not I, maybe it is the primary. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like an and it's like one of two primary things you get out of crafting that experience point boost because it is such a it, it can be such a great viable way to get experience. Uh, it's almost like I don't care what I make. Uh, uh, you know, I just like doing it. Um, so yeah, uh, that's kind of new and it's awesome too. Like if you don't expect that and you're just sitting down to like figure out a couple of recipes and decide which one you want to do. And before you know it, holy cats, look how far the experience point bar moved up. You know, that's a great discovery, isn't it? Oh yeah. No, I've like, I've gained several levels off of just crafting. Now I will say cooking, uh, you and I actually talked about this a little, I think is like the most ridiculously expensive thing in the entire world. To their credit, they warn you, is if you pick cooking oh, yeah. as a craft, they, they go, you know, this is going to be resource expensive. It's going to cost money hurts. and karma. Are you sure? Uh, <laughs> so, But I, I like that that's an option. You know, I like that they don't try to make all of them equally viable and equally easy. Like, they, they say, hey, cooking is advanced. Are you sure you want to? I like that. Now, I mean, the rewards from cooking are pretty awesome, though. Like, the buffs oh, you get gosh, for things yes. are fantastic. Like, I, my cooking, I'm sure yours is probably higher than mine, but I'm, like, in, like, 120, something like that. And, uh, man, yeah, like, just, like, the tarts and stuff giving you 20, 30, you know, points to a stat and then, you know, plus 10 you know, experience per kill, which is actually quite a bit in Guild Wars, might I add. Well, every, like every piece of food, I think, so far that I've seen, gives you that experience point boost. So even if it's something that I don't really care about, like, I'm constantly eating. And I love that because normally... I'm this way with, like, potions and scrolls and whatnot in RPGs. I feel like, oh, I should save these 
for when I really need them or for when it's an appropriate right. time or I don't want to waste this. But I'm just constantly eating something in, in Guild Wars 2 because of that plus 10 experience point boost. Well, right. And that's, I think, the whole idea is that, yeah, I mean, you're going to pay for it. But uh, the the rewards are really nice. Um, another huge thing about the crafting is, like, almost every, like, well, okay, not cooking and stuff like that, but almost every other craft has, like, a bag that you can craft pretty early on in the experience to use as a backpack. Because, um, like, I made several iron, or no, not iron, copper chests, which were eight-slot bags, and uh, it's pretty early in the whole uh, armorsmithing thing. And I think a large portion of the crafts can make bags. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, I, none of the ones I picked do. Yeah, same here, McMaster. Why don't, why don't you why don't you hook up me and Chris with some of those copper boxes? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, actually, no. I mean, I absolutely can. I just need copper because I ran out of copper because I'm not mining it anymore. I'm in a higher level area. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, if I can, yeah, I absolutely will. Those are those are awesome. I love having uh, bags like early in the game. I was shocked that the armorsmithing has a bag. You know, so you I, I think, think yeah. there are several that do. Uh, like, I there's one or two that don't. Like, I, I'm pretty sure cooking doesn't in any form. But uh, yeah, there's that, and then there's like leatherworking has a bag, and I'm pretty sure like the the sewing one, you know, and all that. So yeah, uh, Chris, I can tell you that weapon weaponsmithing and jewelry do not have bags. Right. Okay. Yeah. See, I guess it's just like. <laughs> In the old game, I thought ah, anyway. But yeah, no, it makes uh, that makes a lot of but sense. You know but at what? least it's now, more than just one cla- one thing that makes bags. But you know what? Now that you mentioned that, one of the th- points that I was going to make about crafting is that at least early on, for the first 100 points or 100 levels yeah. that you get jewel crafting, it seems seems like that's actually the fastest thing to craft up because everything you're crafting for at least the first hundred levels and that's as far as I've gone so let me throw that caveat in there everything that I've needed to craft I get from doing one resource collection thing and that's farming rocks that's it I get huh. uh, jewels and I get the ore that I'm going to use oh well sure yeah and you. you know other than now I'm running into a scarcity of resources where I'm looking for silver and gold um, you know, that's a problem. But that first hundred levels where you're just doing everything with copper, man, that, you can just fly through that. Uh, Chris, I, I seem to recall, as a matter of fact, I'm almost 99% sure that I found uh, amber cutting down a tree, which isn't yes. amber like frozen tree sap anyway? Like, isn't yes. That? yes. Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's scientifically accurate. <laughs> I, th- I think one of my favorite <laughs> favorite things, and th- the the thing that made me bring up crafting absolutely was uh, I was playing uh, yesterday, and I'm wandering around, and I've been thinking about cooking a lot, uh, and I wander upon this like griffin's nest, and in a circle around it, there was eleven strawberries. Oh, so I, I need those, McMaster, I need those, mail those. I killed every damn griffin I could find so I could make strawberry cookies and tarts. Uh, I had someone mail me some strawberries, but I have not found any yet. So, McMaster, those were mine. I'll, I'll I le- take you I left there. those there, so send mm. those to mm. me. Yeah. No, you, can, you can come pick them up. I'll show you later. <laughs> I, I, I remember exactly where it's at. You don't see that many strawberries and just forget. What the hell am I talking about? Good God. 
All right, so uh, that's why I mentioned crafting, I guess. <laughs> so, Chris, what's one thing about Guild Wars that that you really love? Uh, the thing I love the most, I think, is the world, the the, the world versus world. Oh, um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, it really does remind me a lot of Dark Age of Camelot, um, which, for me anyway, is still the best implementation of world versus world combat that I've seen in an MMO. And I'm sure now the comments section of this podcast will get deluged with people saying, no, you're an idiot and you're wrong. But it felt like it, it created a dynamic world where the battlefield constantly changes, and it had things like the supply system and the choke points and things like that that kind of happen. You know, obviously the main idea, you want to try to get that central keep and control that for your world. But there are other things that you can do as far as hitting up enemy supply, uh, taking out choke points so they can't reinforce, all those things. That's all from both Dark Age of Camelot, and also what it reminds me of, and Tom, this is right, should be right up your street, is so much of it reminds me of being at the ground level in an RTS, mm-hmm. where you're kind of, you know, you want to make sure your forces are masked before you hit, you want to be sure you pick out your space on the map that you're going to hit, and you want to make sure that you're hitting it with that maximum force and then falling back before you get everybody slaughtered and strung out and all that kind of stuff where your power is maximized. We, uh, we, when we were playing, uh, I guess it was last night, uh, when we grabbed a supply camp early on, uh, everybody then ran out of the field right. through this great – to get into the supply camp, you had to go through literally a little doorway and a wall. There's no other way in there. And we ran in there and took out this undefended supply camp. And, uh, and I think I was trying to, like, type into the chat, okay, everybody wait here, but that's kind of hard to do. People wanted to go out and kill things and stuff. So they, they went out into the field, and then a counterattack came, and we all fought in this field, and they outnumbered us, so we lost. But as anybody who plays an RTS or who just knows tactics would know, you know, if we'd stayed inside of there, we could have focus-fired. Yeah, we left oh. our bunker, and we could have focus-fired as they were coming oh, in that doorway. I kept saying it. I kept saying, back in, back in, because, yeah, we're going to get murdered out there. We are caught in a crossfire. And, <laughs> and then eventually we came back, and we grabbed it again, and this time we were a little better about staying in. But, uh, you know, that requires a certain amount of patience, and early on, by the way, I don't, I don't begrudge anyone this because it's so exciting to get in there and to see stuff happening. You want to run around and fight, and it's just like it's just like kids at Disneyland. You know, you cannot expect them to queue up and sit still and wait. Uh, and so there was this. It, it was it was mainly gratifying to just see everyone having fun and running around and playing. But you see one bad guy and like the entire Zerg takes off after this one dude. Which, as several people mentioned, is so gratifying because how many of us are, are that one dude? Normally, I am, I am that one dude, and I know how that guy feels, and by golly, I'm happy to make him feel that way because I've had my turn feeling that way many times. Yeah, uh, it was it was pretty funny, yeah. That one, um, the first, like, caravan we came up on last night, there was one dude guarding it, trying to get a little extra experience, and it's just all... 
hell breaks loose because it was like a blind like hill and it's just like 50 of us come over the damn hill and you know that guy was like oh come on we had at one point we were at a uh we were running around and grabbing some of the skill points from uh the the far-flung areas uh and obviously some of the other players on the other side have the same idea so at one point we grab a skill point and we're going to make a beeline south to a supply camp so i go around and i'm kind of on point because i have a big old purple jacket i guess it's easy enough to follow me so i go around the back of a building and oh there's a cliff there and several folks follow me around the back of the building and we can't fall down the cliff so we come back around the other side of the building and I'm on point. And as I come around the other side of the building, there's one lone dude from the other side, you know, the, one, one of the enemy guys, and he's walking up to the building, and he sees me, and you can sort of tell by the little shuffle of characters that he thinks, okay, I'm going to be in a little 1v1 fight here. I'm going to tough this out and see if I can take this guy. <laughs> it's like Mad Max. And then the rest of you guys come around the building, and it was just a beautiful <laughs> moment to see this guy go from doing that little shuffle where he's going to fight me to, eventually, to immediately spinning around and trying to run off. Uh, it was just so gratifying. <laughs> Uh, McMaster, you mentioned Mad Max. I was thinking more like Han Solo with the stormtroopers. <laughs> like running oh, down yeah, the hall. Yeah. Running through the Death Star. I just yeah. always love that scene. Run through, run down the, the one way chasing a guy, and then come back the other way with a bunch of dudes chasing him. Uh, so the World V World, uh, absolutely something special, and uh, it's just been grand to experience that. It, it, it feels like there's an actual strand. I guess it's not just tactical, like arena fights that you see that I'm so used to in MMOs that it's getting back to there actually being a strategic layer to things, which is really, really enjoyable and gratifying. Now, uh, let's briefly talk about the arena fights. Have you guys done many of those? Uh, No. I have not. Okay. Because I I really, I mean, that's, historically, that was one of Guild Wars one's strong points is uh, their little 5v5 and I think it got even bigger of course Uh, but they've got that here and I jumped into a few of them simply because I was frustrated at you know when we were having problems with the guild I was frustrated being able to chat with you guys I wasn't about to jump alone into the world v world yet Uh, I I wanted to do some kind of multiplayer stuff so I jumped into that and, and a couple of things they do a great job of playing new players into it which I'm not sure they do with the world world as well you know there's a trainer set yeah. there who gives you a few basics but i think a lone player who doesn't have friends playing who's not in a guild they could have played him into the world v world a little better they do a great job i think because they've been doing it so long with the smaller arena battles they, they drop you into a test battle where you think oh i'm just in the middle of a battle what am i going to do but it's all like bots and they're easy they're very forgiving oh, nice. you kill them. Nice. and it, it really did trick me i was like man people suck at this <laughs> like, <"What>, no. <laughs> i'm awesome yeah exactly it, it's that's a great thing to do to a new player uh and then you realize oh this is a test arena ah you guys got me nice one uh so they do that, and then they put you in this lobby area where they introduce you to the different kinds of upgrades, and the you know you can kit out your equipment differently. It's a whole different kind of level progression. You know, when you jump into World v. World, you're you're immediately put at the Maybe, level cap yeah. for all intents and purposes. When you jump into the arena thing, uh, everybody's equaled out, but you do start at level one, and you have like gladiatorial levels that you uh, accumulate oh, separately. Interesting. Um, so there's a whole different progression there, huh. um, and the few missions that I did, I don't know, missions, maps, whatever you call them, just some really clever, beautiful stuff. They have one that has an underwater capture point that's like a bay with a pirate ship moored in it. So you either... Can't wait. Yeah, Chris, that's, we need, Chris, we need you to go down there, seize that underwater point, defend it. That's your job. 
ha. Hornbossel gets the shitty job this week. Ha, ha. I like having you on. <laughs> but I really, I really like what they've done with that. And so I, I uh, you know, I re- even that there's as if there's any shortage of things to do in Guild Wars 2, I would recommend people check that out, uh, the arena stuff. Um, so, all right, well, wh- what I want to do now is uh, I want to, I want each of us to, to basically bring out an anecdote that you feel sort of captures what makes Guild Wars 2 special for, for you. Um, so, Master, why don't, you, why don't you start us off? Describe for us a, a point when you were playing that you think really expresses something cool about the game. Hmm. Hmm. I guess one of the things that I thought uh, that I've seen that just really struck me is super awesome was last night when we were in the World vs. World stuff, and we took that middle island, and then we got the storms going and everything. We're running up on a keep in, like, a, a hurricane, and or, like, a blizzard or whatever. It just is such a great feeling. Like, the whole World vs. World thing is, like, it's so huge. It just it feels immense, and it gives you this kind of feeling of wonder and excitement. Well, not not to hijack your anecdote, McMaster, but I, I think one of the cool things about that is knowing that you created that blizzard. Is that right. we we did the things, we captured the temple, and then we swam underwater and brought the guys their pearls and whatnot. Like we did the stuff to make that squall come out, and it's you know it's striking the bad guys with lightning. Like there's a real sense of agency and participation in the cool stuff that goes on, isn't there? Right. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and and also part of the strategy of Hey, if you know, if we were really serious about taking that tower, you know, that storm would have been a big part of it. Right. We want to bring that in. We want to bring in siege engines. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's just the that standing there. It's just that one moment. You know, looking over the whole battlefield, knowing there were players in the tower, there were players up on the keep, and they're all firing cannons, and you know, all hell's breaking loose everywhere in the middle of a storm. And it was just pretty cool. Uh, Chris, we need you to go underwater to those little uh, squagging camps. We we just need you to gather pearls. So swim around, okay. other, gather pearls, and shoot crates. God. Shoot crates with your spear gun. Stop using your harpoon. Switch to your spear gun already, and and stay underwater down there, and we'll come yeah. get you later. I mean, they won't have frenzy hell? or anything on me, will they? Like a whole bunch of them aren't just going to appear and attack me, will they? I <laughs> oh, Lord. oh, Lord, no. Yeah, no. What is up with that? Like all of this, we're fighting a couple of those dudes, and all of a sudden there's like twenty of them, and it's just like this, like like all teeth and screaming and uh, tridents being ripped apart. And, and, and pretty- you notice Tom's character swimming away to go get pearls while <laughs> like, oh, dealing oh, with oh, that. Yeah, you well, uh, you guys got that right. Uh, I think I saw some pearls over here. I, I'm swimming away because part of what's awesome, like one of the wonderful things, yeah, you got Wars your turrets up. Well, that's as an engineer, that's my job, uh, but not underwater. One of the wonderful oh. things, though, about Guild Wars 2 is the graphics engine, and i got to say, that underwater stuff is so beautiful, and yeah. specifically, those moments when you've got, like, you know, a half dozen crates swimming around one guy, and there's blood in the water. I mean, it looks like something from a, a Piranha movie. Like, it's just yeah. visually, it's so it's such a treat. So I really enjoyed watching you guys get swarmed by crate from an aesthetic perspective. <laughs> well, I, well, we really appreciate- enjoyed that. <laughs> I know I swam my ass up to the surface and let everybody die as soon as possible, but I mean, you know, they were trying to kill me too. So I, I stayed down there and I, I I actually did die. So I appreciate that, guys. That was outstanding. Oh well, when I see like fifty of those dudes coming, I know it's time to get out of the water. You know, you don't Not have to, I don't I don't have to like uh I don't have to sit there and look at it for long. 
Uh, well, well, Chris, give us an anecdote that you think expresses one of the something special about Guild Wars Two. Okay, well, first I have a really, really quick one-minute ridiculous anecdote. Sure. Um, over the weekend, apparently there was one area in the human starting area. Well, not the human starting, the fifteen to twenty-five area. Uh, I'm sorry, it was actually the 25 to 30 area that's called Gendaran Farms or Gendaran Plains. And there was this little cave that spawned this veteran mob that was part of a dynamic event. And unfortunately, it was on a two-minute timer, like the timer was broken. And so if you wondered, it was right at the start of this area, too. And as you wondered in... You heard all this commotion. You'd go over to where the commotion was, and there were literally 200 people standing there, firing away into this cave, waiting for this creature to spawn that would die in about a second and a half because of everybody fighting it. And then everybody would pick up, you know, their thousand uh, experience points plus their uh, uh, what's the pink stuff, the karma, off of that. And then every two minutes it would reset. And oh. So. People Boys. were exploiting that like crazy, and then they fixed it on Monday night. And I happened to be in the same area again on Monday night, and there was this group of like 12 people standing there forlornly firing <laughs> their turrets away into this cave, asking in public chat, how long has it been since the last time this thing spawned? Uh-huh. And it was like, guys, really? Come on. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> Come on. So they were kind of like the the Russians with Hitler's bunker. <laughs> it was just guys, guys firing accordion numbers. <laughs> the the XP thing is over. Okay, so now my actual anecdote. That uh, real quick, I just I do want to comment on that and say that uh, one of the great things about uh, Guild Wars Two, and I think Arena Net's always been good about this, is the way that it seems like they can stream in fixes. Like they they're not having to yes. do these like. Uh, we're going to need to do eight hours of downtime to patch this one corrupt, this boss scripting error. Like, they, it seems like they're really sleek and muscular in terms of how they can address these kind of issues. So, um, yeah. But, yeah, yep. like, no, that's a perfect example. Is la- or last night and night before, I, I don't remember, they all run together. Um, it, uh, there was a server message, you know, the server was going to come down, you know, whatever. And I was thinking, oh, it's got to be for a few hours. It's like estimated downtime, 20 minutes. Yeah, right. And it was like, wow. Okay. Back right back up. That's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the yep. damnedest thing. All right, so Chris, what is your non-ridiculous anecdote then? Okay, well, before they reconfigured the World v. World, uh, and I believe this was on either Sunday or Monday, we had a much easier go of it against the original two worlds we were up against. They actually right. reconfigured them. <laughs> and we didn't start out with the storm, these, those Storm Bluff guys. No. Oh, I didn't know that. They have not no. been our, our enemies all along, I see. Initially, yeah. it was another server that was just annihilating us, and I can't even remember who it was, but it wasn't right. the Stormbluff. It was a Dark Haven and Stormbluff. So. I think they've actually re like rejiggered the, the World v. World servers three time, or two or three times before the actual launch day. And now yeah. it'll be two weeks where we get to get our our asses handed to us by those Stormbluff yes. guys. And then they'll reconfigure again based on score and population and that kind of stuff. Anyway, uh, we actually had a really good group going, and we actually took the center keep. And just the amount of cooperation, uh, you know, it was a really big group, but everybody stayed together. And first it was 
you know, cutting off their supply by running around and capturing all the supply points and then having everybody who captured a supply point work to one area to hit a certain outside wall gate where we all converged and hit that with siege, got into the courtyard and had this epic, gosh, it must have been 15 minutes fighting in the courtyard with people rezzing and reviving one another and falling back and... You know, it was kind of a back and forth, and eventually we did get the courtyard, and they, a bunch of them managed to get into the center keep, which is where the guard commander is. So once again, we put up siege. You had guys banging on the keep door. You had shields going up over guys to prevent boiling oil from killing everybody on the gate. And then we got in and fought our way up, we had to fight veteran NPC guards on the way up, got up to the top killed all the remaining players, and then pounded on the guardian, commander, veteran, champion guy for, I don't know, it took us about five to ten minutes to get him knocked down, and then, great, our world had to keep. And it was a great experience, reminded me completely of some of the keep takes and things like that in Dark Age of Camelot to go back to that game again. And it was, again, a very, it was tactical, it was strategic, it all tied into one thing, and it was great to realize that final goal and see that expressed dynamically on the map. Good, I can't wait till we get that keep again. Can you, uh, can you be in charge of that, Chris? Charge in the water. <laughs> I've got I've got RAM blueprints. I'm ready to go. So, do they have something like a, a like pre-built arena teams and stuff? Because if so, I think we should have a pre-built arena team. I want to do that. That sounded awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm up for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Hide behind Hornbossel. Chris, Chris, get in the water. But don't hide like down and behind Hornbossel. You might see something horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I, I finally got rid of that skirt because I was Ooh. really tired of hanging brain every time I was swimming around. Dude, that whole thing. Yeah, you had like the half shirt on and a tiny uh, skirt. Oh, yeah. That's and I, I want to point out that I'm a male character model. Yeah, yeah, no, we're not talking about some hot elf action or something. It's just a dude. <laughs> Dressed up like he's, uh, like, I believe you said it uh, best when you say it looks like something out of Caligula. I look like the world's gayest centurion. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let me do uh, my anecdote then is uh, being able to wear a purple coat. How's that? Uh, I do. I do like being able to. I, I like how free they are with the dye stuff. Is you're not That's buying cool. cans of dye. That's not my anecdote for real, actually. But you're talking about your Centurion outfit. Uh, I I just love going in there and like changing the palette around and discovering a new color and seeing if I like. Uh, like when I as crafters, one of the things as cooks, one of the things you can make from crafting is dye. And when I first started, uh, you know, tinkering around with the recipes. I noticed that, for instance, if you wanted to make like uh, like ice lemon dye, you know, it's a bright yellow color. You need something like fifty lemons That's and yeah. and fifty uh, doses of like vanilla beans, and then fifty uh, I don't know uh, tree leaves or something like that. But like fifty, it's ridiculous. And I was thinking, all that for a vial of dye? No way. But then I later realized that once you unlock the color, you can use it as much as you want. 
they're oh, not okay. they're not yeah they're not making you use one vial at a time and you have to buy one for each piece of armor you unlock the color and you've got it to play with um, All right so it seemed much more viable um but no, so my anecdote, and this again has to do with being underwater, Chris, so you're missing out. Uh, so one of the uh, the ways that some of the dynamic quests can unfold, uh, this was this is my favorite instance of this. And the thing that I found at the end of this dynamic quest is one of my favorite things about the game. So I'll, I'll get there in a moment. But, but first I just want to tell you the, how I came to this. So as you go around and you come to little areas and you have various things you can do in these areas, you will discover something will happen and you realize, oh, this is a dynamic quest and maybe you're just uh, defending some villagers and then you kill 20 attackers and you're done. Or maybe it's like a chain of quests that feed into each other and change something on the map. And in one quest, uh, some some guys, it's a typical defense. Like, there's a bunch of char dudes, and they're like, hey, help us uh, fend off these these Flame Legion evil char. So you hang out with them, and you fight the Flame Legion evil char. And then they say, okay, now we're going to go attack their base. Come with us. And that's really cool. These guys that you just fought with, they're all computer-controlled. They're NPCs. They go marching across the map. And you, uh, you know, every now and then it'll spawn some attackers so that you're not just walking with them. And you go along and you protect them and you help them fight. And that's another dynamic quest. And you're like, hey, cool, that's awesome. And they get to this place and they're like, okay, now we're going to infiltrate it. And they're going to infiltrate this cool Flame Legion like temple cave kind of thing. So they go in there and they're killing things and you're with them. And, you know, as you're doing this, it's like an impromptu parade. Other players sort of join in. Uh, and where before it was like these maybe five NPC warriors and maybe three or four characters, by the time they're plunging into this Flame Legion temple, you've got like 20 players. Uh, so they're running around in the temple and they're killing the dudes and they're, and you have to like conquer the top of the temple and the bottom of it. And it's kind of like an arena combat thing. But whereas with it started, it's just kind of like kickstarted a little bit with these NPC dudes. Eventually, you've got all these other players doing it with you. So eventually, yeah. we, we capture the temple, and I'm thinking, wow, that was really great. But it's not over yet, because when you capture the temple, it opens a portal to another temple. And you can't go through this portal unless the good char have occupied and held, and they will be periodically counterattacked, this Flame Legion temple. So that's the reward you get, is you can go through this portal to this new area on the map that is otherwise completely inaccessible. It's up on a high cliff. You can't, you can't get up there unless this portal is open. You can see it. You can see, you know, this is another great thing the engine does, is you can see a place and think, oh, I bet I can get up there somehow. Uh, so sure enough, you can see this, but you can't get up there unless you've captured the Flame Legion Temple, in which case a portal opens and you can go through it. Now you go through this temple, you go through this portal and you're in another temple, you're in the secret inner sanctum temple, and the, the guy who you eventually helped defend, and then you followed him as he walked across the map, and then you helped him as he, as, as he occupied this Flame Legion cave, he then goes, he's on point, he's, in, he's again, he's a computer-controlled character. He's on point, and you're following him along as he goes through this into this, uh, this, this new secret pocket inner sanctum temple. And he ferrets out this evil, undead, underwater char boss. And you follow him along, and, and you have to get through some puzzle kind of things. They're, they're not that tricky, but... Uh, well, you know what? They, they were a little tricky for me, but when I did this, uh, 
I lost track of the the, the computer controlled guy because I was just at, again it's kids at Disneyland. I just wanted to run around and see what was in here, and I wanted to climb up on top and get that little view thing, and I wanted to see, hey, look, I was down there. You could see where I was, and I was just doing, and I was like looking at this big old Cthulhu statue up top there, and then before I knew it, I had no idea where the boss, the uh, the leader NPC had gone to, and I didn't care. I mean, I was having a great time anyway. But when I later came back to this temple, you know, the portal was open. We occupied the Flame Legion cave. Uh, I wanted to find out what the deal was here what was inside of here that was so cool um so to do that you have to do several puzzles that involve going underwater you swim down into this flooded uh uh keep basically uh you have to find a, a magical sword that opens these gates and the sword spawns and somebody using the sword apparently is the only one that can open the gates so you have to do the puzzles that give you the sword that let you get to the next room where there's another puzzle, and you use the sword again to go to the final boss, who's this underwater undead char. So when I came back here, there was a guy, another player, who was explaining to us what the puzzles were, which is fine by me because I couldn't figure it out. It's this crazy thing where you're swimming underwater, and you have to freeze these bubbles in front of these flame jets, and that'll shut down the flame jets so you can get past them. It, it, it was a little crazy. I could have eventually figured it out, but I was more than happy to have someone say, here's what you got to do. So we were doing this. We opened the gate. Uh, we go through to the next gate, and the guy who's explaining this, our ringleader, he's another human player, and he's being very helpful. He's like, okay, who's got the sword? And there are like just you know six of us tagging along with him, just happy to have someone leading us through this. Nobody says anything. He's like, who has the sword? And we're like, what sword? And he's like, oh, rats, the guy with the sword left. So we didn't have this sword. Apparently it would respawn and we could get through, but he's like, you know what? We I, Go back and get the sword and wait for it. And we're... We, told him we don't we don't know where it was we were following you we're kind of lost uh and he's like well i have to stay here and open the gate because you can open it from behind so tell you what i'll go get the sword you know come with me one of you wait here at the gate and the rest of us are going to go back and fight through the earlier area to get the sword so i volunteered to wait behind this gate and there's a lever you can pull to open it if you if somebody wants through uh while they swam off to do that battle again so they swam off, and here I was in this underwater cavern, nothing to fight. I was just waiting for these guys. Every now and then someone would swim up and do the puzzles, and I would just open the gate for them and let them in anyway, and they would swim past me. And I was waiting for my buddies to come back with this sword. Uh, and I had maybe like five minutes of downtime, and the guy would every now and then chat with me like, okay, we're, we, we got the sword, you know, we'll be back in a minute. Like he was letting me know where they were. And it was just this really peaceful, serene moment where I was more than happy to just sit for five minutes and do nothing because I liked where I was. I liked the people that I was playing with. I liked the prospect of not knowing what was coming up. I was eager to see it. Uh, I, I, I was patient and serene. And that is something you rarely get in, in a video game. Uh, I didn't care that I wasn't getting XP. I didn't care that I wasn't making money. Uh, I just liked where I was. Um, so eventually, and that's actually that, that's actually not the point of the anecdote, but eventually the guy came back, we went in, we fought the boss, and it's a great, crazy underwater battle. Chris, you'll love it. Uh, <laughs> and this, this boss char, he comes out of, a, out of a coffin, like out of a funeral urn, and he swims out, and he's super fast, and he's zipping around underwater, and there's like 20 of us down there, and he's just, he's a holy terror, uh, and he's killing people right and left, um, 
And it's just one of these amazing boss fights where you're like, I have no idea why I'm still alive, but I'm just going to keep hitting my harpoon button. And oh, now I'm dead. Uh, and it's just stuff is going on like crazy and people are dying right and left. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but when you die underwater, what you're supposed to do is float Swim. up to the surface. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Up to the surface and yeah. And then you get your health back uh, yeah. and you can go back down and fight. So. A lot of people I don't think know that. They're used to the fact that when you die, you have to patiently wait there for someone and to res you. With a rock or a hammer or something. Right. You have your down skills you can use while, while you're waiting to be resed. So what's happening in this underwater cavern is people are dying right and left, and they're floating up to the top of this flooded cavern. Uh, and it was awesome to watch how many people would peel off from the fight and swim after the dead bodies floating up to try to resurrect them. Uh, and that's one of the things I really appreciate that Guild Wars does, is it cultivates this sense of togetherness and helping people and assistance. Like, plenty of games give you XP if you, if you heal someone or if you do reses. Sure. But it was so awesome seeing people who weren't playing healer classes. You know, normally you have to decide to do that when you play an MMO. I'm going to be the guy who reses people. You know, you have to decide to be a medic in Battlefield 3. Here, here we were with this big boss fight, watching people disengage from the fight and chase after to resurrect people. People they didn't actually have to resurrect. I mean, the, the futility <laughs> right. of it was kind of funny. Uh, and, and furthermore, seeing constantly these chat bubbles pop up, TY, THX, you know, thanks. You know, constantly people just being grateful for being resurrected, other people happy to resurrect them. And it, it was just this great sense of 20 people all together in this great playground, having a wonderful time, helping each other out. Uh, you know, one of the, the hallmarks of Guild Wars 3 is they've taken out this concept of a holy trinity, where tanks are supported by healers and the DPS guys do the damage while the tanks hold the aggro. You know, that's gone, and I think some of the concern was... Well, without that, what sort of interaction is there going to be? What sort of cooperation is there going to be? And there I was in this great underwater cathedral, in this great boss battle, seeing that, you know what? We don't need a holy trinity to get this great sense of, of community uh, amongst people fighting a battle. So there you go. There's my long-winded uh, anecdote for, oh, for one of the things I really appreciate about Guild Wars 2. So no, The game's stunning you know, in the way that it's different. Now, uh, is the subscription fee tough for you guys to swallow? Oh, yeah, it's horrible. Uh, you know what? I One of the things that I've been pleasantly surprised at is one of the things I worried about was how much Content? I was going. Well, I was just worried about, man, am I going to be hit over the head with, uh, you know, the, the store stuff, like needing to buy some, mm -hmm. like, yeah. you know, the 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 stuff in the store, like, oh, you're locked out of this until you either grind this for, you know, two months or spend 10 bucks in the store. You, you pick. And I really haven't run into that at all. No. It seems very ancillary to the Guild Wars experience so far. Uh a couple of places where that's bugged me is in the, the size of your uh, the storage, uh, the storage you have available okay, in the yeah. bank. Now, they do a good job of giving you, you, you can freely store a lot of the crafting materials. Yeah. Uh, that's completely separate. That's decoupled Wh from your bags in your bank. Whoever it was at ArenaNet that came up with the deposit all collectibles thing, goes into the MMO Hall of Fame right now. I, the, you know, no waiting period, put that guy in. 
And that's something too. I, I don't. Does the game ever tell you that's there? Because I didn't know about it. This is a button no. you can press if you click on the gear at the top right of your inventory and click deposit all collectibles. All of the crafting materials that you've got will instantly teleport to your 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 separate crafting crafting storage in your. Yeah, it, it does not tell you that at all. Okay, because that's a great feature yeah, that it doesn't it, tell you that. Yeah, that uh, I I I think they why didn't they advertise that better? Because uh, that's that's the thing is that the storage space is a bit limited. The bank is tiny, uh, and I feel like where I'm going to end up having to convert a lot of gold into gems, or maybe ponying up you know ten bucks or whatever, is getting more bank storage. Because as a guy who does a lot of cooking stuff. That storage is going fast, and that's part of yeah. by the by the way. That's part of why I've been playing with that Mystic Forge so much. Is I don't have room to store magic items because I've got to store spaghetti sauce and cake frosting and pastry dough and poultry stock. Yeah. All that stuff is taking up space in my bank. I cannot be bothered to have magic swords and pauldrons in there. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I've come to the point where I'm selling it because I keep trying to get my level twenty uh, skill book. Uh, hold on, McMaster. Before you sell that, I just want you to know one of the uh, monthly achievement thresholds is the number of items you salvage, that you yep. take apart. Oh, I've salvaged quite a few. Uh, okay. I don't know. You just might want to check your uh, your monthly achievement uh, tally. Because that's, right. that's one thing I saw, and I was immediately like, okay, I'm not selling anything else. Because I'm bound to determine. I don't know if this can happen. I'm, the game came out on the 25th. We started playing on the 25th. There's a monthly achievement you can get for doing, like, so many different things. And in the space of, what is it, it'll be six days, I'm bound to determine to get that freaking achievement. I don't know if I can do it, but I'm going to try. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've hit the daily achievements every day since it came out, I think. Yeah. Um, but I haven't. Yeah, I mean, my monthly's coming along. So you've got couple more days yeah uh, actually you know what is it because it says august it says monthly achievement and then in parentheses august if it if it was just like monthly from when i started playing i might feel like i could uh, let up on that a little bit but i feel like it's going to slam shut in two days i don't know i doubt it okay well, well it says august if it says monthly achievement parentheses august come september 1st all that's going to get wiped right I don't, I don't know all right well we'll find out yeah, we'll find out. Uh, what about, so, uh, I, McMaster, you mentioned before how much you like the crafting and the experience you get from exploration. Uh, have you guys spent much time exploring Lion's Arch, the big central hub city? No. I, I finally did that today, actually. Now, did you guys both played Guild Wars 1, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Major spoiler, but one of the things that you find, like, you get the exploration bonuses for completely exploring an area, one of the things you're going to have to explore is, well, it ties in really nice. It's a really neat reveal of from Guild Wars 1 that kind of completes a circle of that lore, which it's a neat little Easter egg for people who played Guild Wars 1. I think you're going to have to make, you're going to have to uh, specify not just people who played Guild Wars 1, but people who remember anything about the lore, and I don't think I qualify for that. Well, it's pretty obvious what it is. If you were ever in Lion's Arch in Guild Wars One, you'll be like, "Oh, look at here." So I'll I'll just leave it at that. 
I feel like I'm missing a cool spoiler. All right. Uh, Well, I I just love Lion's Arch. Just the the visuals. I mean, that that right there, it's it's such an intricate, lovely piece of work, that city. Uh, And I'm so glad that they encourage you to go around to the different points of interest and to go to the different views uh, because it really pays off in Lion's Arch, I feel. That's some great underwater. I'm talking about one of the underwater points of interest, by the way. If you if you haven't gotten all the underwater ones, there's one there. Well, you basically see Lion's Arch from Guild Wars One underneath because they uh, built uh, the new Lion's Arch on top of it. That's awesome. Cool. Very yeah. cool. Wow. Good. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's kind of like I said, they took that map straight up and just kind of went with it. Right. Uh, so real quick, let's talk about what uh, classes we're playing before uh, we go. So uh, I have been enjoying an engineer, uh, and I'm really happy with I, – I, I imagine this is true of all the classes, but one of the things that uh, also feels unique about Guild Wars 2 is how quickly they build variety into the gameplay for each class – I don't yeah. feel like I'm having to, you know, do the same three attacks with. Like, I, I just feel like I can mix up my build much more quickly than, uh, you know, something like Secret World, which I really enjoyed. I loved the character development there, and there was a lot of little intricate stuff you could do. But it's just Guild Wars has so much more variety, so much more quickly, and so much more choice in terms of how I play and what kind of build I'm using. Uh, it's a little silly, actually. Because I just feel like there's, you know, there's so many different meaningful choices for how I can play this engineer uh, that I feel like this this one class feels like three or four different classes, and I haven't gotten anywhere near to getting all the skills. You know, I, I'm I'm a quarter of a way to the level cap. Uh, Sorry, right, what, what are you guys playing, Chris? What are you running? Uh, I am running, uh, it's kind of called a run-and-gun warrior. I've got uh, two weapon <laughs> sets that I use. Uh, most of the time I use a rifle, which is ranged and gives me a lot of damage. And then I also have a uh, melee weapon set that I can switch to that has an axe in one hand and a warhorn in the other. And the warhorn actually gives me some nice group support uh, functionality in combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gives me the ability to kind of break crowd control measures that have yeah, landed on myself and my teammates. Yeah, the two warhorn abilities are really cool. I like those; they're buffs. Yeah, I like that. Yep. Uh, McMaster, I was real pleased when we were doing World v World. I I would I'd be like looking for like where to to shoot or where to drop a grenade, and there you would be swirling or like twirling around like a ballerina in the <laughs> middle of a bunch of enemies. Yeah, I do that quite a bit. Uh, yeah, my guy's uh, actually a lot like Chris's. Uh, I mean, he doesn't look like something from Caligula, naturally, but um, he actually looks kind of awesome. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I have a way to like let me change the cosmetics of my armor, but it just looks so ridiculous that I decided to keep it for now. And now I'm actually changing it all out. So, you know, it's... Uh, that's a shame. That's, uh, you're memorable. Um <laughs> <laughs> and I use a rifle, but I use a two-handed sword uh, as my offhand. Mm-hmm. I like to uh, – it has this uh, spinning attack that Tom was mentioning where uh, you can just kind of twirl into a group of uh, enemies and then kind of go crazy. Uh, it has a really cool sound effect, too. <laughs> yeah. And it's certainly eye-catching. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I, I caught a lot of eyes, a lot of enemy eyes <laughs> on that one. You don't live long once you charge into a group of enemy soldiers. 
Uh, so if you're listening and you would like to join us, we are on uh, Emory Bay. Uh, we have a quarter to three guild there, and you're, you're more than welcome to uh, to join us. Uh, let's see, if you actually go to the the uh, front page, I think we'll, uh, you know, it, it, with the, for the podcast, for the front page, we'll have uh, contact information for all three of us. Uh, so feel free to friend us, and we would love to have you uh, in the guild. Um, and yeah, I, I kind of feel like, like, every now and then I'll, I'll play a game and think, this is good, I'm going to enjoy this for, like, the next two weeks. Uh, I get the sense with Guild Wars that this is this is something that's going to go beyond that sort of two-week honeymoon that I'll traditionally do with a game. Like, I, I can see this... I, I would almost go so far as to say I can imagine hitting the level cap in this, and there are very few MMOs I can say that about. Uh, yeah. It's, oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's the no, no fees, I think, is a huge thing, too, because it kind of takes that that thought out of your mind you know like you're playing it's like i'm paying for this and like if you if you want to take a break from it you think well i'm, I'm still paying for this uh but yeah with this there's no real threat of that you know uh you can play it at whatever speed you like they, they've taken all the barriers to content out of the game you know all the little piddly things that you have to do in monthly subscription games it's it's kind of gone and yeah. it's fantastic yeah, uh, I think this just broke the MMO paradigm. Yeah, I feel bad for, you know, I mean, the secret world. I don't feel that bad for World of Warcraft, because it's, you know, good God. And that thing's going to be poor, running for like 50 years. Star Wars, the Old Republic guys, what are they going to do? Oh, man. Um, hopefully make a better game. I mean, like, I mean that, that sounded terrible. But the, uh, the <laughs> MMO, like, just think the game doesn't work as well as an MMO as it should. It's like a, just a giant grouping of single-player games. I don't know. Well, I, I, I mean, it's. I feel like that we will uh, think of MMOs as before Guild Wars 2 and uh, after Guild Wars 2. Uh, I, it's, it's absolutely nuts. I mean, it totally, it has the feeling, like it has the PvP feeling of like, uh, yeah, of Dark Age of Camelot, and it's all free, and it's so well-developed, and it works really well out of the gate. I don't know what the hell's up with that. Well, we'll see. Join us next week and see if we are still enamored of it, or maybe if we've burned out. I don't know. Maybe maybe this game only does have like a... I'm done. Yeah. You know, maybe after a week you get sick of it, and you're like, I've seen everything I need to see. I'm, I'm finished. Uh, so, uh, Chris, thank you for hanging out with us. Uh, sure. It's Thanks always a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, everyone listening, join us. By the way, I haven't said this in a while. Uh, please uh, uh, rate us on iTunes. We, we love it when you do that. We have a donate oh, button uh, for, for PayPal donations on the front page. Uh, and um, we kind of have a Twitter feed. You can follow that. We even have a Facebook page. You can like that. Uh, but, but we love it when you do those things for us. Uh, more importantly, tell your friends about us. And join us in Guild Wars 2. Yes. So I, I am... I'm Tom Chick. I've been joined by Jason McMaster, Chris Hornbossel, and uh, we will see everyone next week. Huh? When I walk in the spot, this is what I see. Everybody stops and staring at me. I got passion in my pants, and I ain't afraid to show it, show it, show it, show it. I'm sexy and I know it. Is this about your purple coat? <laughs> it's not purple. It's midnight I- iris. Damn it. I-, I think it's about my centurion outfit. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, it's certainly not my guy. I mean, <laughs> a giant mountain of man.